Welcome to the Church of the Living God Mount Sterling podcast. We hope you are blessed by this message. For more information about our church, follow us on Facebook by searching for our page, Church of the Living God Mount Sterling. We would love to connect with you, pray with you, and hear what God is doing in your life. Now grab your Bibles and let's get into God's Word. So one of the things, well, not one of the things, the thing we're talking about today is, 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 is Pastor John and I got together, and, 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 and Pastor John, as, as, as God has moved him to be the prophet of the house, as, as he's called to the office of a prophet, one of the things when you look at Scripture is, is in the Old Testament, you didn't see it, but in the New Testament, it, it's, it's the, the apostle prophet that bring direction and vision to the church. But one of the things that has happened in the body of Christ is insecurity, and every man wants glory. So the relationship of the apostle and the prophet have been so broken down and shattered that they're trying to compete instead of serving. Well, that's not what we do here. So, so a couple weeks ago, I started talking to him of saying, man, I want, I want you to look out. I want you to see over the horizon. Even as the watchman of the house, I want you to look out to see what God is doing in the spirit. And then I'm also going to pray. And then I want to get together and just see what God is speaking to this church, to you, Okay. Because everything that we do is about you. We're here to establish you. We're here to promote you. We're here to encourage you. But everything we do is to further your walk with God so that you start taking ground for the kingdom. Okay? This isn't about pastors taking ground. This is about church taking ground. The body of Christ takes the ground. So what we did is we just sat down and had a couple-hour meeting, and we put some notes. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to sit, as you can see, casually, and we're, gonna, we're just going to share vision that, that the Lord has been speaking to us for this church and for this body. So while I get my stuff ready, he's going to open us up in prayer. Absolutely. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you more than anything that you are here. You are in our midst. You're healing. You're moving. You're turning lives around, Lord. And I thank you, God, for your manifest presence in this place, God, for your fire that came in and purified hearts. Lord, we thank you and we honor you because without you, this is just a social gathering. But with you, it becomes kingdom business. And God, we thank you that you stepped in. Lord, I pray that you would just anoint this time of sharing vision. God, let it, let it ignite a hunger in us as the body of Christ to go out and to take this city for your glory. And Lord, show us the way that you have established for Church of the, Li the Living God, Mount Sterling, Lord. We give you the glory and honor and the praise because this is your plan and this is your vision, and we thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen and amen. So uh, if you remember that on our one-year anniversary, so the way, the way we planted the church is we got with Apostle Hall, and, and when, when him and I were talking, we wanted to establish this church biblically, Book of Acts. If you want a guideline on how to do things in the modern-day church, you just got to go back to the Book of Acts. Because what they did is they did stuff right. They did stuff with the kingdom. They did stuff apostolically. And that's why Jesus set it up that way. So everything we did was a model, and really it's, it's Acts 13.1. It says there were teachers and prophets that were gathered around and they were praying. And then it says, okay, the Spirit spoke and said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work in which I have called them to do. And then they continued to pray and continued to fast. And then they sent them out. 
and that was technically the first missionary journey. Well, the next chapter, Acts 14, 14, literally says, and the apostles, Barnabas and Paul. So you could see that the church came together, identified a need, identified the vision of the kingdom, and says the kingdom is always expansion. So then they chose that, and they said, okay, put these two, put them together, send them out. And that's how the church began to develop. It started with persecution. You know, who, who wants to start churches in persecution? All right, we didn't either. So we just wanted to do it in Acts 13 instead of Acts 8. All right? So that's how the church started growing is persecution came, and then they spread out, and they started preaching the gospel and carrying the authority of Christ. Everything we must do has to come by the authority of Christ because we can't do anything without his authority. So in all that, we, we started doing, we started in June of, of 2019, and we started doing two services a month, like pretty much like every other Wednesday, every third Wednesday, and that was with connection with my pastor friend from India, Norman Gray. He, he said, man, this is the best way to do it. And then, then September of last year, or, or September of 2019, we launched Sunday mornings. And we started having Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Sunday morning, Wednesday nights. And so we've done that. And so last year, we had our one-year anniversary service, and there was a tongues and interpretation. Now, if you need more discussion on tongues and interpretation, we've got so much Bible for that, it's ridiculous. But something that's important is so many times we get caught up in the gifts and not in, in what God's doing. The purpose of a tongues and interpretation is that God wants to speak corporately to the body. And so God, God gave this word, and he mentioned distinct things in this word. And collaboratively, not talking to each other, when we came together, we both had that that word of the Lord on our minds and on our hearts. And so what we're going to do is, is something the Lord mentioned is he's talked about that what the first year, it was just the first fruits, but that God was planting an orchard. I don't know about you, but that, I went, hello? So what we're going to do first is we're going to put that video up. We're going to kind of pull to the side here. We're, we're, John kind of put this together and he made it into a video but a lot of what we're looking at for this coming year has to do with this. Because why are we going to build a vision when God already spoke something? We're going to jump onto what God's doing. Okay, so, so let's check out this video together. When my glory filled Solomon's temple, the priest couldn't stand to minister. When Moses asked for my glory to pass by, I had to hide him because my glory carries so much weight that when it fills the room, nothing can stand. Strongholds fall when I stand, says the Lord. But as you have invited my presence into this place, as you've asked for my atmosphere to become your atmosphere, I tell you this morning, healings, miracles, signs and wonders, they follow me because where my presence steps in, those things are present also. And the Lord says, this testimony is one of countless that will be told through the analogs of time as I shake Mount Sterling. For the glory of my presence has stepped in, and I will be worshipped, says the Lord. You will see something. 
signs. You will see wonders. You will see miracles. The healings that have happened will not even compare to what comes next. Oh, but this is the first fruit, says the Lord. The first fruit, says the Lord, of a season that will not come to an end, where leaves do not wither, they do not die, for they are the healing of the nations. And the Lord says, the first fruits that you're seeing in these testimonies are but buds of fruit. For an orchard has been planted that will not wither, for the seasons have now turned and will never go back, says the Lord. Come on. Come on. Woo. All right. So the testimonies that the Lord was talking about is we, we've had, we've, we were blessed to have several supernatural miracles and healings happen. One, one that was testified on our one-year anniversary was, was Sister Nisha that was healed of, of cancer. So she testified, but there was also a Wednesday night that a gentleman, I had put up a post literally 15 minutes before service. He saw it, and he had uh, leukemia, diagnosed with leukemia, was on medication. They, they weren't even giving him a lot of time to, to that his life was going to be dramatically shortened. Well, he came, and Evangelist Per Ockvist w- was here, and he gave a word of knowledge and said, there's somebody battling a blood disease. Well, the guy didn't step up. The Lord is so good. The Lord says, man, I hear it again. Somebody's battling blood, and the guy stepped out. He went back to the doctors, and there was no trace of leukemia in his body. He stayed. Listen to this. He stayed on his medication. The doctor was like, well, let's just stay on your medication. He had to go back, and the doctor says, listen, the medication is messing with your healed body. They took him off the medication. So when God said those testimonies, That's what he was talking about. But then he said, an orchard has been planted. And so uh, Prophet John is going to start sharing a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was just one of those things that it was absolutely the Lord. He spoke, and and afterwards, I remember that service. Afterwards, we were tearing everything down, and I looked at Pastor Patrick, and I was like, he's planted an orchard. I couldn't even begin to even think, what does that even mean? So in the weeks following, you know, I began to study kind of what an orchard was, and I began to study out some definitions, and I thought this was awesome because it directly lined up with the vision we have for this year that the Lord has given us. An orchard is a garden or a land. Its purpose is the cultivation of fruit. To cultivate is to promote or improve the growth of by labor and attention. We talk about all the time. This isn't just about ministers. This is about raising up the body of Christ, promoting, sending out, right? It's the cultivation of fruit. To cultivate is to promote and improve by growth. To produce by culture. What do we talk about winning the city for? It's changing the culture, the atmosphere of Montgomery County to be the kingdom of heaven's heir. We're here to change the city for the glory of God. To produce by culture. To develop or improve, and this is key for the vision that we're going to talk about. To develop or improve by education or training. And to promote the growth or development of. Now listen, that's not a biblical definition. That's the dictionary's definition. To promote, to develop, to improve by education and training. 
and to promote the growth and development of. And that so much, God, God gave us that word on the anniversary. And then he kept putting it in front of us in prayer. And we said, okay, Lord, what are we going to do with this? And we started to look up what it means. And it completely aligned with the path that we felt for, for this year coming up. And, and what it leads into in, in training and promotion. So, You know, so, so just think about this, just breaking it down easier. If God has planted an orchard in this house, then that means we're going to cultivate, we're going to promote, we're going to do growth, and then we're going to supply education. <clears throat> so one of our first immediate things for the vision of, of 2021 in this house is greater discipleship, okay? We have to disciple people here. Now, one of the things we always think about when we think about discipleship is, is okay, you're training up ministers, okay? But remember that when we, when we talk about a term that we use constantly in this house is the apostolic, the apostolic, the apostolic. There are apostles, but then the apostolic is, is the flow of the kingdom of God, okay? So when we say we're going to apostolically disciple in the house, this is what it means. The apostle Paul had Timothy, right? Timothy was his spiritual son. In the books of Timothy, he literally says, Timothy, my son in the faith. Timothy was a pastor. Historically, he pastored in Ephesus, which became close to, they suspect, over 50,000 people. So Timothy was a spiritual son that was discipled apostolically by Paul, but his purpose was to minister the gospel, was to be in fivefold ministry. In Paul's letters, he says, or Timothy and Silas and I myself, Paul, we the apostles. So Timothy started to become, was called to be an apostle. And so he flowed in that. But when you also look at the book of Acts, there's two people called Priscilla and Aquila. They are not pastors. They are not fivefold ministry. They're not an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, but Paul discipled them, and then they are what we call church people because, because we, we tend to think in ministry there's ministers and then there's church people. Well, well, the way it works in the kingdom of God apostolically is there's ministers and then there's church people, okay? The church people... Are, you have the hands to touch everybody around you where most people won't come to the pastor. They're going to come to you. Listen to this. Priscilla and Aquila trained Apollos. They trained a five-fold minister, much like he, he was considered to be one of the apostles. They trained him. So the way we function apostolically it's not the top telling you, it's, it's the bottom lifting up. So true discipleship is not, I can't make everybody in here preach the gospel. All of us are called to demonstrate the gospel. So true church discipleship, true apostolic discipleship is not raising up a bunch of preachers, raising up a bunch of fivefold ministers. No, it's to raise up the body so that the apostle and the door greeter carry the same power of Christ. That we all do the same thing. So whether you're in Lowe's or I'm in Lowe's, everybody in Lowe's is going to have an opportunity to hear from the Lord. Amen. Okay? 
So when, I, when we say discipleship, we want you to know that we're not, we're not planting every single person in this place. Our heart is to plant churches, but when you plant churches, you've got to have people come with you. You've got to have people with the same dream, the same vision, the same desire, but also the same kingdom authority. And that's what it's about. Yeah, and, and the thing is, and I actually saw this quote recently, was shared, by, I think, by uh, Tony Miller, but he said, he said, Jesus said, go make disciples. He didn't say, go make leaders. And the church's focus, especially in America, is let's train up leaders. Is leadership important? Yes, but you've abandoned discipleship. We have to focus on raising up disciples, and disciples, they become leaders as they're called. But we, we felt like as an American church, we can just skip that step. Look, Jesus said, go make disciples. That's what ministry does. It raises up disciples in discipleship. Leadership is a consequence of correct discipleship. Well, that sounded deep, man. So, so, okay, so how do we do that? Okay, so obviously one of the first steps is obviously going to start this week with the women's Bible study, the women's discipleship, where we're going to be able to connect with each other and promote each other and encourage each other. You know, the, the, the women in leadership here at the church, they're all a part of it. So they're going to be an integral part. But the key is that the church needs to give people a place. And I don't mean attendance. I mean a place at the table with Christ. He says he prepares a table. Okay? So we have to show people to that table and not to our church. Okay? The plan for this house is not to fill this auditorium with, with church members it's that whoever needs discipleship, whoever needs to be encouraged, or whoever needs to be healed, whoever needs to hear from the Lord, we are here to do that. So if somebody comes in at the back door, they're at the very back, and they're the first ones to leave, and they catch Dwight, Dwight the minister. He doesn't have to have a title. He has the king. That's what we need all of us to do. That means every single person in here has to be crazy like me. Aren't you excited? And people went, <laughs> is he serious? But see, the focus of discipleship, God revealed that to me when we were praying about this, about Timothy and Titus, but also Priscilla and Aquila. That they're not five-fold minister. They're church people who taught apostles. That's the apostolic. So just because I'm called to the five-fold ministry doesn't mean I can't learn from Miss Sylvie who has walked in some power, okay? Doctor says she's gone, she's coded, but the king was in the room and there's no death when he's around, you know? So I've got to learn from her. And even in senses that I might be younger than some people in here, you can still reap from me because I've seen some stuff too. But that's done apostolically through the kingdom of God. Everything in the kingdom is apostolically. We don't all have to be apostles, but we all flow apostolically because Hebrews 3.1 says, Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, he's within us, leading us and guiding us, and the apostolic is always a ministry that uplifts, encourages, picks up, wipes the dust up, and lifts people up to go to a higher place. So obviously the women's discipleship is going to do that. Now we've had men's discipleship in the past, Okay, and, and so obviously with, with COVID, you know, th things have really been difficult at times, but now we're not going to just say, well, we're, we'll, 
we'll see what our schedule looks like and where, and we'll think about when the next men's discipleship is. No. We're going to set it on the calendar, and whoever can make it can make it. But we're going to set it. It's like, okay, at this time, we're, we're hoping right now, we haven't set the certain date, but we were looking maybe that the first week of February would be the first men's discipleship. And so we're just going to set it. It's going to be monthly because we need to do things on purpose because God said he's planting an orchard. He has planted an orchard. So if we don't promote cultivation, if we don't promote promotion, if we don't promote growth and give you education, then we're, we're not doing what he said to do. So we have got to be connected with the word and then we just give it to you so we can all grow together. So discipleship, we can, we, can, we can raise up future ministers, but we can also raise up pillars in the house. So that let's say, let's say we start planting churches here in the next couple of years. God raises up a minister who's called to the fivefold and hopefully to the office of a pastor. And then we identify him and we begin to promote him. We cultivate him. And listen, cultivation means that if you're like, man, I hope I'm a church plant. Well, tell you what, we're going to get up in your stuff. Okay? Cultivation isn't surface. Planting goes in deep. Okay? Sharp tools go in deep to get out all the crud. And what we're really doing, true discipleship, is to get you out of the equation. Because if we put Christ in the equation and remove you, we can truly be used for his glory. You know, so we're going to do that. But when we plant churches, we have got to have pillars connected with the fivefold minister to be able to send out our desire really is to get pretty much the core team of a fivefold team and plant fivefolds get somebody who's who's called or growing in the, in the office of the apostle get them to be uh, in the office of a prophet and get those structures inside as we plant that might not happen immediately but i'll tell you what by plant four five six and seven we're going, to be, we're going to be doing this because this is going to be exactly who we are. All of this stuff is for you to realize that God has called you just like he's called me. That a title doesn't matter if we all flow according to the kingdom. That's when stuff's transformed, and that's how you win cities, is when you infiltrate it with people, okay? You infiltrate it with people who don't go to church. You infiltrate people who are the church. And they start getting out in, in areas, and they start getting involved in community efforts, and they bring the kingdom of God with them. So one of the things we did last year as a series um, was a series called The Spirit-Filled Life. And what we did was we brought teaching on the, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, based out of 1 Corinthians 12. Then we also covered a little bit of 13, which talks about love. And then we talked about chapter 14, which talks about uh, how to use those gifts and, and the proper use and order of those things. So we did, uh, I think it was a five-part series, five-part series with different people teaching different aspects of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, flowing in prophetic giftings, things like that. And uh, our heart was that as we brought education from biblical teaching, that as the series wrapped up, that we would have a demonstration of that in this place. 
And so on that Sunday morning as we wrapped up the service, uh, or sorry, as we wrapped up the series, we came in here and worship just broke out and all of a sudden gifts started flowing and there was healings and there was prophetic words and there was just testimonies that came weeks later of words that people received and they, they said, man, this really confirmed with what I've been speaking in my life and praying in my life and this was spoken to me. And so it was just a beautiful demonstration, not only of words of knowledge and prophetic words, but also of his love, his gentleness, his peace, his self-control, right? You got to have all of the Holy Spirit. You can't walk in the words of prophetic knowledge and then over here not be a loving person or not have peace, not have joy, things like that. So we, we wrapped up that series, and as the year, last year kind of came to an end, the Lord just really spoke to my heart, and he said, I'm going to birth a new series for Church of the Living God, Mount Sterling. Now, we don't have a date for this. We don't have a timeline, but we believe it's going to be this year, in 2021. And the series is going to be called, we, we had a spirit-filled life. This series is going to be called A Fully Healed Life. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a series where we talk about, from biblical teaching, receiving healing in the mind, healing in the emotions, healing in families, physical healing. Do miracles still exist today? Obviously, if you're in this place, you know we believe they do, and you've likely seen them happen in this place because we have the testimonies. But listen, we're going to teach you biblical instruction of what it means, what the different aspects of healing are. What are the different aspects of healing, and, and where does faith play into the equation of healing? These are things the body of Christ needs to know. And sometimes when you encounter people who say, man, I don't believe in that stuff, you don't have enough Bible to be able to say, let me show you how good God is, that this stuff still continues today, right? So we want to bring instruction. But just like with A Spirit-Filled Life when we wrapped it up, when we wrap up the series, we have the instruction in place, and our heart already, God's laid on our heart, we're going to pray that the service that wraps up the series, we're going to go all out. We are going to, we're going to lean into what the Lord has, and we're going we're gonna to put the word out. Listen, if you go to this church, and you have a friend or a family member who's battling something, maybe it's a mental disorder, you know, maybe it's depression, maybe it's emotional distress, or even diagnosed things, maybe it's a physical ailment, maybe it's cancer. Look, we're not afraid of cancer in this house because he's not afraid of cancer. You know, no, no matter what it is, we want you to bring those people in. You might say, well, that's, I mean, that's pretty bold. Listen, if the Lord laid it on our hearts and he told us to go after healings and miracles, we have to follow what he says because he's clearly up to something. So we're inviting people, if you, if you have people in your life that are sick, bring them into this place and we are going to pray healing and we are going to see testimonies flourish out of this house. Now, due to COVID and everything else, we're trying to seek the Lord on when the best time for that is. Because we want to be able to pray with people. We want to be able to lay hands and minister to people. So we're going to do that the right way, right? In a way that's compassionate and in a way that keeps us all safe, you know. But just know that no matter what's going on in the world, we're seeking the Lord on his timing for this. And I believe he's going to release such a manifestation of healing and miracles in this place that it's going to create a contagiousness not to bring more people and join our church, but for you to go out and then all of a sudden people in your workplace are chasing miracles. People in your neighborhood are chasing miracles and healing. Why? Because they're hearing testimonies and you were there and your family member got healed. So now your family is set on fire and they're seeking healing. That's what we want, right? It's, it's, not, about, it's not about 
doing a, a promotional marketing series to try to get church attendance. We literally, we have, that, that is not in our heart at all. It's not the apostolic. It's not kingdom. We're not about building our name. We're about you guys coming in here, being a part of God pouring out healings and miracles and deliverance and then catching it and taking it out there. Whether you're a part of this church or not, we're, gonna, we're just going to put the word out. We want to invite people to come in because we believe the Lord's going to show up as he always does and, and show off, right? So that, that was put on our heart, a fully healed life. Obviously, we'll give you guys more information uh, as to the timing of that, but we've already started kind of planning out the topics of the series, and it's going to deal with as many aspects of healing as we can cram in there, and, and we feel that the Lord leads us. So we're really excited about that. You know, and, and that's an aspect of discipleship is we have those series so you can go out in your workplace. So like, you know, Tina Overstreet and I have, have, have worked together for years in the same corporation. And we, we, when we were out at the branch together, we got there early. We anointed the branch with oil. Man, we'd have salvations, healings, people baptized with the Holy Spirit in our offices. And that was just, that was just a, I would come home from work and my son Ezekiel would go, Hey, Dad, how many got saved today at work? Because we build a culture for that. But that doesn't come from us. It comes from you. You know, so when I was in Lexington for a loan closing, I walk into Tina and she's been ministering to a lady for months. And the Lord gave me a word for her. And Tina and I walked in her office and it was about emotional healing. So those are the things that, man, when you go into your workplace, if God is teaching you these things, that's what discipleship is. Because discipleship always comes to a place where, because most people teach you what to do. They'll teach you how to preach, but then don't give you a place to preach. So discipleship, when we talk about discipleship, it's like, okay, we're going to talk about discipleship, and then you're going to start demonstrating discipleship. So if we're going to talk about healing, it, and one of the things that we had thought about is, is in, in the book of Acts, even in the Gospels, Jesus sent them out two by two. Because if one can put a, a, a thousand, two can put 10,000 to flight, right? So you partner with each other and go out. So we started thinking about that when things get a little more non-hectic is we would have teams go out on, on certain weekends. And we would have people come together to pray and then Two people go to Big Lots, two people go to Lowe's, two people go to Walmart, two people go to Kroger. And what you do is your prayer team's going out, ministering what? Healing, salvation, deliverance. And who's going to do that? Y'all are going to do that. We're going to be in teams doing it. But when you do that, you're establishing a culture in the city that Jesus Christ is a healer. And it doesn't matter what church they go to. They're like, man, why aren't you limping anymore? I said, man, I was at Kroger and my leg grew out. Really? What church? I don't know. It was Jesus. So we're not, do you need a healing? Here's our church card. No, it's here's Jesus and here's your healing. But that all comes through discipleship training and raising up so we're really really excited about that uh, we're not going to keep you too much longer so obviously if we're looking at things apostolically if we're looking at discipleship and the whole purpose is to impact the city one of the things that the leadership team is going to do and and you all can also get involved is 
because I, I work at, at, at a bank here in town, I, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of the city leaders. So something we're going to do is we're going to start setting up meetings with the city leaders and saying, what, what do you need? Not just financially, but is, is there something going on? Are one of our percentages very low in the city that needs to be raised up? And we as a church are going to be coming in agreement. So then six months later, they're like, man, it's gone up 10%. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to start sitting down with city leaders to see what they need, to see what help they need, even if it's financially. The, the, the God has really blessed us financially to be able to sow into the city and to do things like that. But we want to sit down with the mayor. We want to sit down with the, the, the county judge and see things that the city needs because, once again, we're not just a church here. We're here to win the city. Well, how can you win the city if you don't connect with the city government? You see what I'm saying? We, I, I talked about it during this, all this political stuff that was going on, that, that Jesus, Colossians says, and Jesus is the head, and we are the body. Well, Isaiah says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Well, we're the shoulders then. So we carry the government of God. So when I said, maybe we need to lay down the Constitution and pick up the cross, I'm not being disrespectful to democracy. I'm extending that we are of the kingdom. The kingdom overrules the government. But because we're of the kingdom, we submit to the law. We submit to government. We pray for government. But in the end, we demonstrate it because Christ has put it upon our shoulders. So we are called, the church, the body of Christ has been anointed to shift governments. Ethiopia was 1% when Joshua campaign started. They're over 15% Christian. Now why? Because we're doing crusades. I've seen a baby raised from the dead. I've seen multiple miracles. An eight-year-old child that has never walked is running up and down and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people getting saved. Last time I was there, 3,000 people saved. Four meetings. Preached six times in four days. 3,000 were saved. That's how you change culture. That's how you change your city. Where everything now is not about what's, what Mount Sterling, it's, well, the kingdom is identified to Mount Sterling. When people think of Mount Sterling, they're like, isn't there a move of God there? Yeah, there is. And it's going to take true discipleship. True discipleship is not self-promotion. We're not discipling you to submit. If you are truly discipled properly, apostolically, you'll have no issue showing us honor because we're already doing it. We're already giving you honor. And we're giving you places and opportunities to do that. Yeah, and, and then in addition to, to meeting with city officials, and, and working with government officials to come in line and to pray and to do things, like he said, in alignment with the government to try to see transformation in the city. We want to be a church that demonstrates the kingdom. And this is going to be a little bit different than maybe some churches do. As, as you guys know, we talk about, and we've talked about today, that we were a plant from Church of the Living God, which the main church is in Winchester. So we're connected with the home church because we're a plant. We're sons of the house, right? Uh, sons and daughters of the house. So we're a plant. But one of the things that God laid on our heart, because we're apostolic and it's about kingdom, is we really feel like we need to be connected to other churches. And what I mean by that is, in the same way we approach the government leaders, 
It's about approaching pastors and saying, hey, what can we do to help you guys? You guys have an event in the community. How can we come and serve your church? How can we come and connect with your people? What are you guys, what are you guys praying for in 2021? How can we come alongside you and pray with you and with your church? And that's something that, man, you got to be careful because churches get real competitive and it's all about like, well, what if they come over here and try to steal my plans? What if they try to learn our secrets? What if they try to steal my people? If it's about kingdom and we demonstrate kingdom, then all that gets put to rest, right? Because we have to realize one of the things I love about the slogan, win the city, is like there's no way that happens if it's just us doing it. There's no way. So what the Lord really kind of just spoke to us about was he said, this year I want to start connecting streams. He said, Church of the Living God, Mount Sterling, you're a stream. He said, I want to start connecting streams with other streams, other ministries and other churches in the community. Why? Because as streams combine, they form a river, and it's rivers that change landscapes. We want to change this city. We don't do it just by Church of the Living God's Mount Sterling's stream. We do it when we combine with the refinery stream and other churches' streams here in town that we're already starting to partner with. And all of a sudden, those streams, they start to flow what? In the same direction. And what's that direction? Kingdom. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So as all these streams in partnership start to flow together, it forms a river, and the river is what shapes the landscape. And it's been so beautiful that uh, even from the, the very first day when we started here, we've had ministers come and, and just say, hey, I just want to sit in on part of your service. I just want to get poured into. We love that. We love that. We, we, we reach out to ministers all the time. We, we partner with them and say, hey, man, check this out. I watched your sermon on Facebook, and I loved it. You said this and this and this. The Lord really revealed this to your heart. That's awesome. Watching other ministries other ministry stuff here in town and reaching out to them and encouraging them. Why? Because we can't win the city if it's just us. There's no way. And that's not apostolic, right? So if our heart is for the city, if we care enough about the city, then we'll lay the logo down of the church and make it about Jesus. And if all the churches get that heart, man, it's unstoppable because it's a movement you, you can't stop it once, once this thing's rolling. So our heart is that we're going to look for opportunities. And we want you guys to even, you know, bring us opportunities, talk to us. But we want to search uh, in the community and seek the heart of the Lord for what ministries to flow alongside with, to encourage, to build them up, to minister alongside them in partnership so that we see Mount Sterling changed, not just a church changed. Amen? You know, we, we're connected with the church right now that we, we went over there for one of their services and they, they called us up and said that they, we had planted in September, they planted in, in December. Well, the, I was doing a Facebook Live on a Wednesday and they, they popped up and I started talking to them and, and, and ministering to them. And then I ended up just telling the people saying, man, if you don't have a home church, that's a great church. Go check them out on what they're doing. And he brought us up in front, of their, in front of their church and said, man, when we planted, there was a lot of backlash. There was a lot of people coming against us. But these people promoted us, encouraged us. And now they're reaching out to us that there's aspects of ministry like deliverance ministry that, that we're familiar with. And they're not. They're wanting, they're wanting us to go there 
and teach them and his ministry team about deliverance. Well, that's the kingdom of God. Jesus, they, the disciples said, man, they're casting out devils. Should, should we tell them to stop? Jesus slapped them said, no. He said, they're doing what we're doing. So if a church in Montgomery County is doing the same work we're doing, then we need to encourage. We need to partner because we need to root out competition out of the body of Christ because it absolutely destroys. The root of bitterness is always, and if we're in competition, then we're looking for people not souls. Hello. That was from the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And if you're just looking at for people, if you're doing this thing for people, if we're discipling for people, we're missing it. We're discipling it to build souls up for the kingdom of God. It, in the kingdom, it's multiplication. It's multiplication. If I can touch James, then his family is touched. Now, all of a sudden, his children, who the world says they couldn't come, but Jesus said they could. Now their arrows in the hand of Christ. And then we spread, we multiply. And in the end, we can't take the city of Mount Sterling is around 7,000. We can't fit 7,000 in here. And tell you what, to be honest with you, I don't want to pastor 7,000. I'm trying to work on pastoring you people, okay? We need churches to come together and just to demonstrate Christ. And that's what it's all about. So that's kind of what was on our hearts. Does, does anybody have any questions or any comments? Like that's pretty much the, the end of the service. There's no sermon unless you want one. I will come up with something if you need. But does anybody have any questions or anything like that? And, and if not, we'll just, we'll just stand and dismiss. But that's something we wanted to do. And this is something we want to do a lot is we want to do this multiple times. April Justice, just raise your hand. Yeah, no, the home church is not welcome. I'm oh gosh, I'm just kidding. Video, no, of, of course, of course, yeah. The home church is the apostle is part of everything we do, everything we do when we're having when we have the spirit filled life series. I talked to him about that, you know, and and maybe with this healing, I, I would like for him to come and and preach one of the 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 messages because he has seen healing in Kentucky. Indian reservations all throughout America, overseas, you know, so yes, yes, absolutely. I preached a message one time called, it's, it's still about the river, and that's what it was about. It was about streams coming together, and just like he said, when a, when a, when a river comes, it changes the landscape. A river can widen because the current is so strong, and if you think about it, most civilizations that thrived early on is because they built by rivers. So we built cities by rivers. All right. Anybody else? Alex?
All right. I love to put him on the spot. He was running around in my youth group like that, and I just grabbed him, just, I'm just kidding, but everybody knows I'm not. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anything else? All right. If not, stand with us. Gosh, we've just really enjoyed this. And I mean, this is, this is, Prophet John and I's heart, that's what, that, that's what our heart is. That, that's why we're, we're here. We're not, we're not here to build a church. We're here to, to, to establish the kingdom of God. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just glorify and we just thank you. And God, even, even as the, the leaders of this house, we just extend our hands and we just declare the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ over every single person in this place. Thank you for our children that were screaming in the other room and that their voices were heard in heaven because Jesus always calls the children. So, Father, I speak blessings. We speak blessings over Mount Sterling, God. We speak blessings over Montgomery County and even the surrounding counties and the surrounding cities, and we declare that the kingdom of God is at hand and that we are positioning our city and our, and our region to touch the regions of Kentucky for the glory of the kingdom of God. I speak financial wealth in the in the bluegrass, Father God. I speak a demonstration of the spirit of God. I speak even even the word of the Lord at the at 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 one at one point was I'm bringing the prodigals home and I'm establishing them again. Father, bring bring home our sons and our daughters that are away from you. Establish them back in your word for your glory and for your honor. Father God, I think it's Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Father, you have given us the vision of the orchard that you have planted. And so we come under your word and we lift it back up to you as an offering unto you, Lord God. And we ask for you to grow us, to cultivate us, to promote us, Father God, to establish us and to give us the words of, the, of revelation, Lord God, that will change the atmosphere and shift this city for your glory and for your honor. We just love you and we just praise you and we thank you in the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you.